had to write something down or I would forget, even though it was just that short of amount of time. Uh, today, before we dig in, I, I want to wish, and I know there's a lot of people's birthdays are this year, this season, this time, but uh, my oldest brother's birthday is today, and I wish him a happy birthday. They are traveling the world. No, they're not traveling the world, but they're out around Yellowstone, Utah, Wyoming, and uh, Jackson's Hole, wherever that is, <laughs> and uh, uh, Wyoming. But anyway, uh, my big brother, my oldest brother, he turns, he's got one more year before he's half a century year old. <laughs> that makes 50 sound so much older, but uh, anyway, <laughs> I'm not very far behind. Uh, so we have some people in here that are older than half a century, and congratulations to you guys. <laughs> But today's his birthday, so happy birthday. And uh, some of you may have seen what's going around and what us, and, and we're doing push-ups every day. And uh, we're not doing push-ups just to do push-ups, but um, something that has, and we, we were challenged to do this by Debbie and Greg Ridgway, but uh, something that's near and dear to us are veterans of the military and our armed forces. And um, there's 22, on average, 22 people, 22 vets commit suicide every day. And uh, it's, it's not, to, not to say, hey, we can stop this, but to let people know, man, there's, a, there's an issue going on. And remember them in your prayers. Remember, we, I know we have pandemics going on, uh, but there are real issues and people are, are committing suicide and, and veterans that are serving to protect our freedoms. And to remember them in your prayer and, uh, and just lift them up. But um, if you see us doing that and we call you out, that's why. Just do it. Uh, 22 push-ups ain't going to kill you. Uh, could help you. So uh, just, just do them. If it takes you all day to do 22, if, it ta- if you have to do one 22 different times, do it. But anyway, more of you Mondays tomorrow night, 630 uh, here. And uh, it's going to be a good time. And one more announcement. I'm making announcements today. Uh, I, and this is something that's been on my heart, just wanting to do for some time now. Coming up sometime soon, on a Sunday night, we are going to have an international food night. And you're asking why, because we have many different nationalities represented here in this church. And uh, I'm quite frankly tired of hot dogs and hamburgers. (laughs) Um, What? I won't be tired until after today. (laughs) Like 2 o'clock I'll be tired of hot dogs and hamburgers. But uh, anyway, we have many nationalities represented here and... uh, so I'm looking forward to that, and you can, you can uh, be thinking of something to cook up that represents uh, or, or where, what your background, your nationality. And uh, I was just thinking while we were down there, I know of at least uh, 10 different nationalities that are represented here, and there's probably much more than that. But uh, looking forward to that, and that's coming soon. We'll tell you that date when it, when it comes. But this morning, uh, uh, turning your word this morning to, to Hosea, and uh, it's not a book often preached out of, but it's... Uh, it's between Daniel and Joel, uh, around Mordecai, even. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, this morning, as I was sitting in my office, my heart was just very heavy. and has been for the last several weeks because of not only just what's going on, but because of all the pressures that come from all kinds of ways. And uh, I can tell you, I've, I, and I'm not telling you this for pity, but... Uh, I'm telling you this because of a true reality. Uh, Since March of this year, uh, there has been a no-win situation for any pastor. Can't win. Uh, And it's not, and it hasn't been a secret, uh, because it's impossible to please everybody. Because some people see this much, 
and as a pastor, you, you, you are looking at the box that the puzzle came in. You see the whole picture. And uh, there's a lot. So if you make this decision, it affects them. If you don't do this, it affects them. And if you do do that, it affects everybody. And so my heart's heavy not only because of that, but my heart's heavy because people have succumbed to the pressures of society and are buckling little by little and, and more by more. And this is not a political message. This is not anything to do with it. But I'm telling you that we are experiencing a great uh, oppression, if you will, in the church. And uh, I can tell you this, the ways of the Lord are right. There is no other way that is right. And, and in Hosea, and I forgot to tell you, chapter 14, verses 4 through 9 is where we're going to be. But I told, and I mentioned it last week, nearly uh, and the study shows that one-third of people who attended a church, and not just this, a church, one-third of those people before March that attended are no longer attending a church anywhere nor engaging in any online worship. Why? Because we become consumed with other things, and we found other things to fill our time. And this is the first time in our nation's history that a crisis has come about that people have not ran to the Lord. The church is running away from church. And I'm not talking, we, we, this is not church. We are the church. The people are the church. But we come together to, to pray for one another, to encourage one another. But now we're not doing that at all. But Hosea 14, 4 through 9, and this is uh, dealing primarily with the believers. But dealing with the believers because there's a great responsibility as a believer that you and I have. And I know that we like to come and we like to get our praise on. We like to feel good and we like to worship. We like whatever you want to do. I understand all of that. But what we fail to do as believers is share that gospel that we have in us. To share the Christ that we have in us. And if they only see Jesus in you while you are in church, then you don't know Jesus. And I know that may seem mean and that may seem cruel, but that's the absolute truth. I worked 20 plus years with, with good old boys, if you will, construction folks. And I can tell you, they might not know the Lord, but when they told you they were going to do something, they did it. Whether it be cuss you out, cut your throat, or, or come help you change your transmission. They did it. And church people will say, I will do this, and they don't do anything. They just give lip service. And we say, well, pray. Don't tell somebody you're going to pray for them and you don't pray for them. Please don't lie to them. If they ask you to pray for them, say, let's do it right now. I found that that cuts out on the lying capabilities of, our, of, of us. And it may not be a lie on purpose, but we just may forget. So if we say, well, okay, well, let's do it right now. And if you're in Walmart, express line, and they say, well, let's don't do it right now, then say, I don't know if you want me to pray for you then. Let me, let me get to the text. I'm about to go somewhere. But anyway, Hosea 14, 4 through 9. Here we go. Talking about restoration and the promises of God's blessings. It says, I will heal their backsliding. And I know this is a word that's not popular and a word you don't hear much, especially today. I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely, for my anger is turned away from him. I will be as the dew unto Israel. He shall grow as the lily and cast forth his roots as Lebanon. His branches shall spread and his beauty shall be as the olive tree and his smell as Lebanon. They who dwell under his shadow shall return. They shall revive as the corn, 
and grow as the vine. The scent thereof shall be as the wine of Lebanon. Ephraim shall say, What have I to do any more with idols? I have heard him and observed him. I am like a green fir tree. From me is your fruit found. Who is wise? And he shall understand these things. Prudent, and he shall know them. For the ways of the Lord are right. And the just shall walk in them. But the transgressors shall fall therein. If we the church, if we God's people, if we who call on the name of the Lord, we call Him our Savior, will return to Him. We know Second Chronicles 7, 4, everybody wants to quote that. If, if my people will humble themselves. If we will return to the Lord, if we will forget about all the... Listen, I'm not, don't, you can't deny facts. You can, but it don't change facts. Yeah, people are getting sick. Yeah, whatever. Uh, fact is, uh, this world's going nuts. But if we will take our, 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 our focus and put it back on Christ, and not give it to everything else. And if we will humble ourselves, if we will return to the altar, if you will return to your face, and not necessarily Facebook, if you'll, if, if you'll get on your knees and, and get off of, of, of everything else, if we will return to Him and seek Him, seek His way, His direction, if we just sang it, Holy Spirit, have your way. Is that true? I mean, do we lie to the Lord when we stand here and sing to Him? Is that really our heart? Or are we just going through lip service and emotions? Sweet anointing, teach our hearts, our lives, we pray. Have we just sang a lie to the Lord? Do we truly mean this? Do we truly desire this? Because if we did, then we would truly run to Him in every circumstance, in every situation, and say, Lord, teach me. You're allowing this? I don't understand it, but I know you'll teach me why. You'll show me the way. You'll, you'll, let, you'll enlighten the eyes of my understanding. I can tell you, we can look at things a million different ways. But when we only look at it His way, then we'll see it the correct way. I don't know why this is coming to my mind, but I want to tell you, don't. Uh, when, when, I guess because I'm talking about looking at things a million ways, this is the dangers of society today because our communication comes through text. And you can't understand tone through text. And I can say, I don't like that in a text. And, and if, 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 if you're already aggravated, then you're thinking, I hate you. Or whatever. So, so communication's key and what's being taken away is communication and, and specifically the communication of the Word of God. Why? Because the church has grown silent. The church has grown scared. The church has grown afraid. Because now the church, for so long, people want to cry separation of church and state, separation of church and state. Now the state wants to include the church. So the church is afraid. I want to tell you something. There are inevitable rights that belong to the church, you, us, as believers, to not be denied the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ to the gathering to gather and lift up His name. I want to tell you something. You have nothing to be afraid of. Yeah. 
But the question is in here, how many of us have lost loved ones? I, we should all raise our hand. We all got them. I'm, we have them. We cry out for their soul, and it seems the more that we press in and we pray for and we, uh, we talk to, the more that we, we try to drop hints to, the, 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 the more they push us away. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to see that. No, 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 don't, don't get near me. It seems like the more we try, the more that we get pushed away. Our hearts are heavy, and our hearts should be. And we should cry out for the lost, just as John the Baptist did. This is, this is our prayer. This is our cry. This is our focus. I want to listen. Please hear me clearly. Get off the political, the, 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 the whole, get off of that and give them Jesus. Please. Who saved your soul? Who's going to save somebody else's soul? It's Je give them Jesus. Preach the blood. Preach the word. Give them the gospel. Yes, make people aware. I understand all that. I got all that. I'm not, I'm not talking about just putting your head in the sand and act like stuff don't exist. I understand that. But make sure you're giving them Jesus first. John the Baptist in Luke 3, 3 through 4, and he came into all the country about Jordan preaching the baptism of repentance through the remission of sins. We don't like that word. We don't want to talk about that word. We want, to, we want to tell everybody you've been saved and you're good and you're going to be good for life. And I want to tell you something. Repentance is needed before salvation and it's needed after salvation. The relationship. I've been married for 22 years. I, can tell, I can't count the times I said I'm sorry to my wife. Because I'm always wrong. And she's been wrong two times. And she ain't here to defend herself, so it's four times. <laughs> but but I, I, before we got married, I told, my, I told her then, I'm sorry, because I was, I'm, a, I'm a male and I'm, my, our brains don't work very well. And we do dumb things that are not intended to be dumb things. They just happen. Because thought process, there's a, there's a separation in there somewhere, and it just, it just works that way. But my point is this. I, re, I, I told her I was sorry. I was, I was truly sorry. Repentance. And after even we were married, I still, that, that, if you will, I'm not repenting to her. I am, well, I guess I am. But the same is our relationship with the Lord. Lord, forgive me. I need you as, a sa as the Savior of my soul. And yes, I have Him as the Savior of my soul. But even after you're saved, you still deal with the flesh. Hello, somebody. How many of us have had to deal with the flesh since March? I'm, if I can lift all my body up off the ground, I will lift it up off the ground. Well, let's not talk about Walmart, Lynn. You need to go shop somewhere else. It'll just bring the flesh out of you. But anyway... Listen, we've got to deal with these things, so we continually need to seek repentance. John the Baptist was preaching repentance in the name of the Lord for the remission of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, saying, The voice of the crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, and make his path straight. This is our call. This is who we, or what we should be doing. Preparing the way of the Lord. Why? Because that's who everybody needs. Verse 9 of Hosea, uh, verse 9 of chapter 14, Hosea, for the ways of the Lord are right, and the just shall walk in them. Who are the just? The just are those that are saved by the blood of Jesus. I don't care if you've been saved for one day, one week, one month, 
10 years or 73 years, that you are justified. How? By the blood of Jesus Christ, you are counted righteous. So before we go in there, we need to understand that we're saved by the blood, and we're, that's what justifies us. We are the just. So what should we be doing? Walking in the ways of the Lord. But many don't know the ways of the Lord because many don't spend time in the Word of God. We only know our way of the Lord from social media, from what we have, or from what we've read, or what we've heard. We've got to know for ourselves. I want to tell you something. I was a carpenter, been a carpenter. I am still a carpenter, but I was not a carpenter. I didn't become a carpenter, and I'm not still a carpenter, but what I read in a book. It came by knowledge and understanding and learning and, and messing things up and banging my fingers and almost cutting my legs off and my hands off and, and measuring things wrong and cutting them again and again and again. But I did it through experience, through me. <coughs> Our life as a believer. I'm not a believer because I was raised in church. I'm not a believer because I'm a fifth generation pastor. I'm a believer because I understand the redemptive work of Jesus Christ in my life. That's why I'm a believer, because I understand He's done great things for me. I understand that I was on my way to a devil's hell, and I went to bed every night not understanding or knowing if God were to come back, because I knew He would. Would I spend eternity in heaven or hell? And I spent the majority of my life playing the game and going through the motions and doing all these things, but not repenting. Not being just. Not walking in the way of the Lord. So we, we have to understand that going through the motions, showing up on Sunday, Sunday night, Wednesday, or Memorial Monday, or Tuesday prayer, or Wednesday midweek service, or Thursday, whatever we do on Thursday, and Friday, and Saturday, any day of the week. The motions don't cut it. This is why society is the way it is, because the church... I'm not blaming the government. I'm not blaming anybody. I'm blaming the church. Because the church is to take the blame, because the church has not confronted the issues of life, and now they are being confronted by them. If you, it, listen, this will tell you the truth. We've got older kids, and, and we watch it in people's lives. If you don't correct your children right now when they're young, they're going to walk all over you when they're old. I'm telling you. You can tell them to count, and you can count for them. All they're going to know is you can count to ten. They ain't scared of you counting. I'm not telling you to beat your kids, but I'm telling you, you better be the parents. Why? Because we, what we are dealing with right now is a generation of fatherless children who don't understand authority, who don't understand what it's told to be. No, I understand women have to be the man and the woman because men have become trash in society. What makes you a daddy is not getting in the bed. I'm, I'm about to go somewhere. It don't make you a daddy. It don't make you a father. It makes you a donor. And I want to tell you something. If you want to be a dad and you want to be a father, then get in your word and get on your face before the Lord and show them the way of the Lord. Show them the way of the Lord. Why? Because they need to see you. They're going to follow your footsteps. I'm, 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 I'm preaching here in a moment. Just, just wait a minute. 
I, I don't, I, I've heard it said this morning, I understand it greater now than ever. I don't know if I'm mad this morning or anointed, and I've heard it a lot, but I'm there. Verse 14, or Hosea 7 of uh, chapter 14, They who dwell under His shadow shall return. They who dwell under His shadow shall return. And they revive as corn, they grow with the vine, the scent thereof be uh, as the wine of Lebanon. To be in the shadow of something, you have to be in very close proximity. So to understand that they will return, they have not gone very far, but they're far enough away from to be in the sore, in the vine, if you will. So, so we have to understand the walk in His way, and His way is the Word. That's His way. If what somebody's telling you does not line up with God's word, then just cast it away. Hebrews 10.38 says, The just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul, this is the Lord talking, shall have no pleasure in him. We are not impressing the Lord with our, with our grand songs. We're not impressing the Lord with the talents that he's given us. We're not impressing the Lord if I'm capable of running together a message that make you shout your shoes off and you leave this place feeling like you're on top of the world. We're not impressing Him with that at all. But what He does bless and what He does reward and what He does, <coughs> what he does take notice of is where our faith is anchored. And we are trusting in His provision and in His finished work. For so long we've come in and we've been programmed and we've been told if we'll come in and they have workshops on it, if you'll just play something really good and you'll change a riff here or there, you can work people's emotions up. I want to tell you something, that's not going to change us. Because the feeling will leave. It'll leave. You know when you, when you get a new car and you like to smell it. You're like, man. And then the first time you have a McDonald's sandwich with onions on it, and then your car smells like sweat, then no longer smells like a new car. It's gone. A feeling will last for so long. Or, or you ever had those dreams when you wake up and it's real? Man, mine was like this when I was a kid. I always got a brand new dirt bike, and I ran outside and it wasn't there. It's <laughs> like, man, this is awful. The feeling will go away. But what are you going to do when that's gone? Because I want to tell you something, children, uh, a child of God, woman of God, man of God, saints of God, you don't always feel like worshiping and praising Him. But our Bible don't tell us that we're to praise Him based upon how we feel. Our Bible tells us to let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So your feeling ain't got nothing to do with His response. He responds based on where you placed your faith. And sometimes when you're going through the valley of the shadow of death, you don't feel like shouting. You don't feel like praising. You don't feel like walking in the way of the Lord. But I want to tell you, if you will, that through will become a reality and you'll come out on the other side. <coughs> what are we to have faith in? We understand faith in His finished work. We have to continually repent and rest in Christ. He says, I will heal their backsliding, this is the word I heard a lot when I was growing up, I didn't know, I mean, I didn't know, I didn't know if it was, I mean, I'll tell you what I thought when I was a kid, I thought it meant sliding like baseball slide on their backside. I didn't know. Nobody ever told me what it was, and I just heard the term, and you know, you're supposed to just know this stuff. 
I'm like, backslide? Like, I didn't know. I mean, what are they talking about? Slide. <laughs> Maybe y'all weren't as dumb as me, but I'm just going to tell I'm just pretty, I, I didn't know. So, so what is that? And we don't read of that term. We don't read that word in, in the New Testament. First, first Timothy 4 and verse 4, and this, this backsliding refers to being turned away from the truth and, and being turned to fables. Uh, backsliding is, is, is uh, apostasy and, and an idolatry. But because we don't read this and we're under the new covenant, we're under grace, we want to we nullify the Old Testament. Let me tell you, the law was not abolished, the law was fulfilled. So we're not saved by law, we understand we're saved by grace through faith. We understand that, that there is a new covenant, but just because the word backslide is not mentioned in, in the New Testament does not mean that it's not possible for the believer to do so now. It doesn't nullify the fact. People, again, they, they want to they do away with. Our Word tells us in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. But Hebrews 13 and 8 says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if He was the God of, of Genesis, He's also the God of Revelation. And His Word in Genesis is just as good as the Word in Revelation. But what He did was come to fulfill a, a, a law that we could not to make a way that you couldn't walk in. Revelations 2 and verse 4, we read, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against you because you have left your first love. This is talking about apostasy, turning away from. You can't leave something you were never in. People have left this church because I made this statement, what I'm about to make, and I'm going to stand by it, and I'll make it again. You can walk away from the Lord. I'm, if you hit your toe and you say a four-letter word, you ain't going to hell. I grew up, oh my Lord Jesus, you can't say that. You're going, I'm not talking, I'm talking about turning and leaving the way of the Lord. What The way I was brought up, man, if I got mad at Terrence because he didn't tell me hello and, and the Lord come back, I'm going to hell because I was arboring anger. That's not, the, that's not the word of God and that is not backsliding. Backsliding is turning your back on God and walking away from Him and continually pushing away the drawing of the Holy Spirit and no longer seeking Him and no longer desiring His way but still yet wearing a t-shirt that says, y'all need Jesus. <laughs> you do too. We all need Him. I know some of y'all got that shirt and that's good. I don't care. Summer's got it. We need to have a reality check, church. We need to quit, we need to quit uh, diagnosing people's problems and ask the Lord to deal with ours. I'll tell you what his problem is. He's just a ordinary old man. His medulla oblongata is messed up. Oh, don't act like you ain't never watched Waterboy. I have. I ain't scared to say it. God, I don't even know where that comes from. Whatever. <laughs> Woo! That's how we are. We want to diagnose everybody else's stuff and not, and not, not dare ask the Lord to deal with ours. 
We all got it. 1 Timothy 4 and 1, we spoke of this last week or the week before or whatever, talks about the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. How can you depart if you were never in? I'm driving a point home here. Yes, it's possible to walk away from the Lord. And people will refute and they'll, they'll rebuttal and they'll say, well, if you were truly saved, you would never have walked away. Let me tell you something. You, still are, you may be truly saved, but you're still truly dealing with the flesh. True salvation never gives you a ticket to live like hell. It does not give you a ticket to use grace as a, as a means to cover your sloppy lifestyle. The Bible still teaches because it's the same and God still requires and still desires holiness and righteousness and sanctification and living a godly life because this, we just read the ways of the Lord are right. But we don't like that. We don't want to be told. What, I'm not telling you what to wear. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm telling you to seek Him and let Him deal with you. I don't care, and if you're watching, I don't care if you come to church in running shorts or flip-flop and tank tops. I don't care. I don't care if you come in a tuxedo with a nice fluffy cummerbund and a top hat and cane. It makes no difference to me. Wear what you want to wear. Dress like Dumb and Dumber or dress like, uh, like you're on Baywatch. Unless you're a woman. Please don't dress that way. Let's take that. Please don't dress like Baywatch. Unless you were the guy driving the truck uh, in the, in the button-up uh, polo shirt. But we may, we may, I'm, I'm getting myself in a lot of trouble this morning. We are not a Baywatch church, by the way. We just, if y'all all come in here next week with white uh, sunscreen on your face and a tank top and wearing a little Rick's lifeguard ring, I would, but whatever. But what we made church is dress codes. And what, this is why churches feel the need to put on their website what to expect. Because people don't know. What, what, what is the dress code? Let me, why is that an issue? What, why, when have we become the Holy Spirit and we become doing what, what he, we, only He can do? We're told to, Christ said it, deny ourselves and follow Him. That's all we're told to do. Become fishers of men. And we're instructed to, to seek holiness and godliness and, and righteousness in our life. And it's only found in one place. It's found in and through the blood of Jesus Christ. And when, when the Holy Spirit begins to teach us and work in our lives, the other things will change. But don't you be throwing rocks at somebody if there hasn't changed as fast as you think they should. I'm, I'm preaching 12 messages in one this morning, but it's all going to tie in. The just shall live by faith. Faith in that finished work. And talking about people turning away and, and turning away from the relationship with the Lord and, and, and uh, the, the, the Lord having uh, somewhat against us in Revelation 2 and 4 because we've left our first love. Paul said in 1 Timothy 4, 1, I just read it, that, that uh, in the latter times some shall depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, and we don't like it. What is a doctrine of the devil? Anything that takes you away from the finished work of Jesus Christ and specifically puts you looking to man for guidance. 
Do what we want. What a lot of preachers want is people to puff them up and to put them on a pedestal and to, and to, to fancy them around like they're some kind of king. I want to tell you something. That is not the way God intended for this, the church to be established. I said it day one. The church is built this way. The pastor on the bottom and the people up here, we're to serve. This is Paul preaching and you go into it in this way. He's talking about putting your, your faith and hope and trust not in the wisdom of men but in the power of God. So that we won't be doing all this crazy stuff. We won't be chasing men and chasing all these things around. If it's not Christ and His finished work, it's Rome. And it's a bold statement. Any time throughout history when a true revival swept the nation. Any time you read and you read back, you can read through the scholars and the great men of God and you can read what went on in their lives and I'm talking personally. A great revival came about through a great tribulation and a great trial because they sought the Lord with all that was within them. And they weren't worried with the stock market rising or, or dropping. And they weren't fighting about this or that or worried about this or that. They were seeking the Lord and His guidance. And any time a great revival swept not only in the person but throughout the church, a great crisis come. So for the revival to come, the Holy Spirit brings the believer back to the foot of the cross. How many people in here were, were alive and, and, and can tell you exactly where they were on 9-11 when all that went down? I can tell you exactly that day. Almost minute for minute. And I can tell you that evening when we got back from work and we didn't work, we found ourselves over in the little old rock church in Dallas where our church, our, Anthony, you guys were there. Our church, Dallas Foursquare, and, and Vicki, you may have been there too. The doors were open. And guess what? People weren't sitting in the pews waiting on somebody, waiting on, on Sister Wendy to strike up a key. They came in and got on their face before God and said, God, I don't understand what's going on. I don't like what's going on. But Lord, heal this land. Forgive us, Lord. And heal us. But see, now we find ourselves in a time where we're looking at the news. We want to know what who has to say. What is who? World Health Organization. Bunch of nuts. We want to know what who has to say. What does the CDC got to say? What is Governor Cooper going to mandate today? What is old King Roy going to say? And we're looking everywhere. We want to know. But how many of us have taken it before the Lord? I can tell you not one time have I been asked to unlock the church. And I know I'm about to get personal here. For me to come seek the Lord. And you don't have to do it here. But I'm just asking, how many of us have ran to him and said, God, forgive me. Search me, Lord. Lord, I don't know if I'm in the way of you, but if I am, Lord, get me out of the way. Let me decrease and you increase. Lord, I just want to see you move. I want to see you have your way. Lord, I understand your word doesn't promise a revival, but it does say in the last days perilous times will come. And I want to be ready. I want to be able to make it. 
The truth of the matter is this. The average American could not survive one week if everything shut down right now. We don't. I mean, we think as young people think canning stuff's nuts. I ain't canned corn. Can of Iena Weenies or maybe. But I'm not, I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about just we're not even prepared physically. But how many are prepared spiritually? What time is it? I'm good. I forgot to tell you all that clock's broken. It's stuck on t- uh, 1140. I'm just, it's not. <laughs> but the word says, I will heal their backsliding and I will love them. Not with stipulation, freely. Freely. I love them freely. I don't require you to do this, 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 and this, but I tell you to come back to me, I'll forgive you, and I'll love you freely. So his free love is given upon repentance, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Listen, but his love... His love is given based upon faith in His gift, His Son. So yes, He has a love for everyone. Yes, that love is still there. But the love can only be received by accepting the provision. So it's true. Again, God loves them, but you've got to go His way. It's by the grace of God, not by the merit of man. So whenever true repentance happens, the Lord promises favor and forgiveness to heal from sin and the results of sin. God's forgiveness, again, is based upon repentance, not punishment. True repentance gives God's favor to turn away His anger. Listen, all punishment, when this happens, all punishment, all things, or whatever it may be, stop. The only thing that will cause God's anger against an individual or a nation, and yes, God has anger, is sin. Proper repentance turns away His wrath. God's anger is not expressed, and He does have it, is not expressed through temper tantrums. I was at the... the, Harbor Freight the other day, and they was a kid flipping out. And I'm going to tell you, I didn't want to pray for him. I wanted to take my belt off and wear his tail out. Because he didn't get a bag of Doritos. He had a bag of Lay's barbecue potato chips. And I felt, I'm going to tell you my honest to God feel, I wanted to open the hatch on a leaf blower catcher, and I wanted to put this kid in there and shut it and lock it. And say, cry your way out of there now, little cat. But I, I didn't do it. I was good. But this is how we express our anger. We, we, we pout and we whine and we, we throw temper tantrums and we, and we blow up. This is not the way God works. People want to blame the virus on God and they want to blame this and they want to blame that. Then what's going on? It's God's fault. It's God's fault that my bank account's low. Maybe it's your fault because you thought you were getting a sale for $1.30 if you bought two and you only had to spend a, a 70 cent if you bought one. That's not, you're not saving money by buying two for $1.30 if you could just get one for 70 and that's all you needed. 
Maybe it's, maybe it's our fault. Maybe it's us. Maybe we should be looking at us and quit blaming God because God's again, anger is, and wrath is, is moved upon not, not temper tantrums, but because of sin. Because of sin, His anger is righteous, and it's a response to sin. And it can be avoided by obedience. And I'm going to give you these scriptures and you read them in your time. We're not going to go through them for time's sake this morning. But Exodus 4 and verse 14. Numbers 11, chapter 11. Just read the whole chapter. All the way through 12, verse 9. In Numbers chapter 32, verse 10, it shows when he is angry or he is angry when he's disobeyed. In Exodus 32, 7 through 12. He's angry when he's rejected in favor of idols. He's angry. God's angry when he's rejected in favor of idols. What idols? You name them. We got them. Even church has become an idol for many. God's anger is a measured response to sin. And it's to rebuke and discipline in a positive way, not negative. It's, it's a, listen, it's, it's to, to help us and not hurt us. Psalm 61, 1, and verses, in chapter 38, verse 1, the psalmist wrote, Lord, rebuke me not in thy wrath. So, so when, you, when, you, when you get through and you read through the Psalms and you get to Psalm 78, verses 31 through 38, it says the wrath of God came upon them and killed the fattest of them and smote down the... The, the, the chosen men of Israel, for all this they sinned they sin still. Even though he was doing and pouring out wrath, they kept on sinning. And believed not for his wondrous works, therefore their days did he consume in vanity, and their years in trouble. Listen, unbelief was the reason for all of this. When he killed them, then they sought him, and they returned and inquired early after God, and they remembered that God was their rock, and, they, and the... Uh, and the high God, their Redeemer. But you go on, it says, Nevertheless, they did flatter Him with their mouth, and they lied unto Him with their tongues. For their heart was not right with Him, neither were they steadfast in His covenant. But He, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity, destroyed them not. Yes, as many a time turned His he his anger away, and he did not stir up his wrath. Allowing things to come and troubles to come, and they wouldn't still turn to him, and, and people would die. They would run to him, but they would run to him only to, to have something removed, and then their lips would lie because their hearts weren't right. But God did not, did not stir his wrath. God is full of mercy and grace. Because time and time and time and time again, we have asked the Lord to do this, and if you'll do this, then I'll do that. God does not work through plea bargains. Lord, if you'll just let this thing pass, I will love you all the days of my life. And He knows if you're lying or not. I can tell you that the church has been full of lip service for so long, it don't even know. You ever met somebody that lies so much they don't even know they're lying? 
I mean, I used to work with a dude that, that caught a skeleton in a river, had a toggle box inside the skeleton full of money, and he fought this skeleton swimming in the river for over an hour. And I'm supposed to believe this. And he thought he was telling the truth. And as far out there as that is, the church has become the same way to God. Oh, I'll serve you all the days of my life, Lord. I'll love you with all that I am. And let Him bless you. And in your ble then His blessing becomes your crutch not to worship Him. Because now i got money and I can go do what I want to do. And then let Him take that away. Oh Lord, I will serve you all the days of my life. And He works away when there seemed to be no way. And then you allow His blessing to become your crutch to not worship Him. Lord, change my heart. Don't change my circumstance. Change me, Lord. Don't change the situation. Why am I telling you all of this? And I'm skipping through a little bit for time's sake. Because, listen, there is a time where the church has to come back to its roots and it's now. It's not a game. This is about life and death. And when we repent, and when, when, when people repent, the, 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 the word tells us, I will be the dew as unto Israel. He shall grow as the lily and cast forth his roots as Lebanon. Where there is no rain, where there is a scarce, uh, the rain and water is scarce, dew, the goodness of God, that designed this world so that dew would feed the plants. It would take care of it. His branches shall be spread and His beauty shall be as the olive tree and His smell as Lebanon. In the land where again rain is scarce, dew feeds. He's telling you, it may not seem possible, but if you'll turn to me, I'll make a way. That lily, a lily's beautiful. A single lily root can produce up to 50 bulbs. But guess what? Beauty, even in its great beautiness, there is no depth in the roots. So it tells us to spread our, our, our roots or, or, or whatever, to, to, to root down, to branch out, to go down into the ground. The tree's roots of Lebanon, the tree's roots are as deep as the canopy is tall. I don't only want to establish in you beauty. I don't only want to give you dew for the morning and give you beauty for ashes. I want you to grow and I want you to be anchored in me. And I want you to know that when the storms come, I will make sure. If you'll just stay anchored in me, the ship may be battered and the sail may be torn, but the boat ain't going to sink. His branches shall spread spiritual growth and His beauty shall be as the olive tree. I guess not only is the olive tree beautiful, but it endures. I know y'all can hear me, but it won't record, so I want them to hear. 
and his smell is Lebanon, the giant cedars of Lebanon. Do you know that Lebanon or, or cedar trees uh, repels insects and it even repels snakes? That Why this smell? Because what I'm telling you, what he's telling us is if you will remain in me, I will create an aroma in you. This is peculiar people. I will protect you from everything that comes against you because I've got you, but you've got to come back to me. You've got to return to me and you've got to anchor yourself in the finished work of Christ because when you do, I'll not only be the dew in the morning I will make you give you beauty for ashes you need to spread your roots deep spread your roots deep and I'll make sure God speaking I'll make sure but you got to let me make sure they won't even reside in the vicinity of the smell they won't so when we're properly in Christ, He protects us against evil spirits. They who dwell under His shadow shall return. They shall revive as corn. They shall grow as the vine. This is, listen, every single time in our nation's history, except for this time, have we returned to the altar. In the seed there is life. Plant and water. We've said this before, third world countries are third world countries because they do not reproduce the seed, they eat it. They eat it. They grind it up and eat it. America has, has, has planted the seed again and again and again and again to produce, to produce, to produce. Why? Because there's life in the seed. Let's plant and water the word. Plant and water the word. Plant and water the word. God shall bring the increase. God shall bring the increase. Verse 7 says, The scent thereof shall be as the wine of Lebanon. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about doing taste tests and wine. Wine was used then for medicinal purposes. He, the Holy Spirit, will bring about healing. Singers and musicians, come make your way. I'm trying to hurry. I could preach this for about three more hours, but I won't do so. Ephraim shall say, what have I done anymore with idols? I've heard them and observed them. I'm like a green fir tree. From me, your fruit is found. The, the Lord speaking, you may look good. Fir trees are always green, but fir trees don't produce fruit. Fruit is only found in the Lord. Return to Him. Draw to Him. I don't know. Y'all go ahead and start playing. I don't know what you got need of this morning. But I can tell you the ways of the Lord are right. And if you're not walking in them, you need to find yourself at the altar. And in fact, if you are walking in them, you can still find yourself at the altar saying, Lord, I want to make sure I don't, walk, I don't stray from your way. Today is a day not to, not to push away, but to draw near to God. To seek Him for His righteousness and all that He has. I encourage you to respond as you feel, feel led as they play and sing this morning. If there's a need in your life, we'll be glad to pray with you. But come this morning and let Him bless.
That song became special to me. Lord, 15 plus years ago. Because when I came to the realization that my association was not good enough, that I needed that relationship with Him. But then I thought back to all the times that I had lied to the Lord, that I took Him for granted, that I took His mercy and grace for granted. The times that I made promises to Him that I did not keep. The, the deals that I tried to make with the Lord to remove things that I continually put in. I began to, that song resonate in my life. All of my life you've been faithful. My Savior, my King, and my friend. All of my life I will lay down. Love you with all that I am. This is the this is the prayer for us. All of our lives, whether you've served him or not, he's been faithful. But when you accept him and you receive him, yes, he is your savior. He's your soon-coming king, but he's also your friend. But when you begin to love the Lord, you will say, all of my life, I'll lay it down to love you with all that I am. My wants, the things I love, the things I desire, the things that I used to do, I'll lay them down. Why? Because, Lord, I love you. And if it costs me swallowing my pride, and if it costs me being maybe a little bit uncomfortable to tell somebody about Jesus, I'm going to do it because I love you with all that I've got. Lord, I don't want my love to be in the blessings that you've given me, but I want my love to be rooted in you and you alone. Can I tell you, Lakeside Church, we're at a pivotal point in life right now. We're at a pivotal point in, as a nation. But as this church, we're at a pivotal point. Where do we go from here? I can tell you, backwards is not an option. So regardless of what you've dealt with, what you've faced, maybe your feelings have been hurt, maybe somebody didn't, I don't know. But I want to tell you today, today, right now, August 2nd, 2020 is a new day. The direction's forward. We're going to preach the gospel. We're going to continue to move forward. We're going to take this gospel as far as the Lord will allow. It's a commitment we made seven years ago. As far as you allow, Lord. We're going to buy a trailer. And it ain't going to be white, red, or black. But it's going to be used for ministry. Anthony, you guys were there. And they, if you don't believe us how God worked it out, He did it, He'll do it again. They'll tell you. And I, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not doing this to embarrass you, Anthony. But I want to tell you something. What this man said to me over, over well over 10 years ago, always stuck. We were having a pie-in-the-face thing for this trailer. 
And we were short. I can't remember how many dollars it was, but it was more than I had in my pocket, I promise. And Anthony came up to me that night and he said, Jason, how, how close were I? I was like, man, we were right there. And, it, 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 and I told him the amount and whatever it was. And he said, no, you're not. Because the Lord will bless you to bless others. And he said, do me a favor. And I said, what? He said, before you ever take it out to ministry, bring it to me. This man owns a detail shop, and I'm okay. I don't feel bad about giving him a plug. Bring it to me, and I'll make sure it looks good. He didn't have to do that. In fact, when the Lord blessed us with a bus, I brought it to him. He did a lot of work for a little bit of money. I wouldn't, God, I wouldn't wax that thing for $1,000. But what I'm saying is God will bless you and He'll work things out when it seems impossible. Why? So you'll keep going forward. He did it. He'll do it again. Where are you going to pull that trailer? To Timbuktu and back. I don't care. Anywhere that Jesus is needed, that's everywhere. What you going to pull it with? I don't know, but we're going to pull it. Who's going to run it? He's back there in the sound booth. My tattooed brother in Jesus. God is good, church. He's good to us. Remember, remember this week as you go. One, come back here. Don't leave and spend your money somewhere else. Come and, come and spend your money in a God-ordained and God-driven kitchen. <laughs> God helped that grill. But anyway, uh, spend your money back here. There's a deal I put on the board. One for $3 or two for $7.50. That's not true. It's, uh, it's donations. It's whatever you want to give. We don't care. But, but why are you giving? Let me answer that question. Because from this door back, it's all going to change. For the youth, for the children, and also for you. So you'll have more room to eat, more room to fellowship. And in fact, uh, tomorrow we're, we're taking a trip, Dennis and I, to Akron, Ohio, for the first step in this whole phase to get something for this back point. Uh, I've never been to Akron, but I'm going to go tomorrow. But anyway, God is good. I promise He'll continue to bless. If you just give, He'll come back. He'll, he'll give back. Come back tonight. Please come back tonight. I can remember the first person that gave me my opportunity to minister the gospel, and that was our pastor. What a true man of God. Frederick Blaston Morrison. Please come support this young man. His heart is right. The message is right. And I promise you'll be blessed. Let me bless the food. If you may have to wait a few moments. We had a few mishaps with Ben. Did not get burnt again. Don't worry about that. But we did have a little mishaps with the grill. Uh, something with the fire and the flame and the heat. And, uh, but we'll just leave that there. But, but you may have to wait a few moments. That's fine. Fix a drink and your dessert. Eat your dessert first so it won't be gone. But anyway, Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that you're still moving. Lord, we thank you for this body of believers. God made up from every walk of life. We praise you, Lord, that you're still faithful, that you are our friend. God, I pray you bless the food, bless the time of fellowship. Lord, that you would, you would draw us and bring us back tonight. We give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.